Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for anyone interested to improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving our country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. We have discovered that there is a lack of knowledge on the availability of resources and how to properly navigate the systems available to veterans when they transition out of the military service. This podcast's purpose is to help bridge this gap of knowledge and guide veterans to resources that they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate in psychology where he specializes in research. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Veteran Doctor. Good morning, veterans, family, and friends. Welcome back to the 24th episode of The Veteran Doctor. On this week's episode, we will discuss veteran PTSD and the cannabis cure. Marijuana use for PTSD amongst veterans. That's right. The use of marijuana for medical conditions is an issue of growing concern. Many veterans use marijuana to reduce symptoms of PTSD, and many states specifically approve marijuana or medical marijuana for PTSD. However, research has not been conducted on the safety or effectiveness of medical marijuana for PTSD. There is no evidence currently that suggests marijuana is an effective treatment for PTSD. This research indicates that marijuana can be harmful to individuals with PTSD. Epidemiology states that marijuana use is has increased over the past decade. In 2013, a study found that 19.8 million people reported using marijuana in the past month, with 8.1 million using it over almost every day. Daily use has increased by 60% in the prior decade. Several factors are connected with increased risk of marijuana use involving diagnosis of PTSD, social anxiety disorder, and other substance uses, mainly through youth and peer substance abuse. Cannabis use disorders amongst veterans using VA healthcare. There are currently been no studies of marijuana use conducted on an overall veteran population. The data we have gathered comes from veterans using VA healthcare who may not represent the VA veteran population overall. When considering that subset of veterans seen in the VA healthcare with coexistence of substance use disorder, SUDS, or PTSD, cannabis use disorders have been uh, the most diagnosed SUD over or since 2009. Veterans in the VA with PTSD and SUD diagnosis with cannabis use disorders increased by 13% in FY 2002 to 22.7% by FY 2014. As of 2014, more than 40,000 veterans with PTSD and SUD have been seen in the VA diagnosed with cannabis use disorder. People in 33 states can use medical marijuana. Why haven't veterans been able to use it for PTSD? Dogs have been prescribed medical medical marijuana, but veterans still cannot get the drug from the Veteran Affairs. Several veterans groups are using it on getting medical marijuana approved as a form of treatment for PTSD. The Department of Veteran Affairs still refuses to provide marijuana to veterans because it is not on the list of the Schedule 1 drugs by the government. Many veteran groups want to get the designation changed and have more research conducted on the benefits of medical marijuana. Doug DeStasso served his nation in the United States Air Force for 21 years. He had the opportunity to command joint aviation maintenance and support personnel globally and served as a primary legislative affairs lead in two U.S. Special Operations Command leaders. However, after the Air Force plane accident left DeStasso with a traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, and chronic pain, 
he was given more than a dozen prescription medications by doctors at the VA. I was taking everything from opioids, antidepressants, benzodiazepines, and sleeping pills, Desnosser stated. Like countless other veterans, the cocktail of drugs that I was being prescribed was quickly throwing my life into a turmoil, affecting my ability to perform at work while straining my relationship at home. Destasso stated that his life, or that living his life in a prescription drug-induced zombie-like state left his wife and family begging for him on Christmas morning to come back to them. What brought me back to my family and career was medical cannabis. Cannabis helped me get off the pills and regain control of every facet of my life, Destasso said. Unfortunately, for millions of veterans who depend solely on their VA healthcare benefits, federal law ties their VA doctor's hands. It harshly denies, denies the veterans access to needed medical cannabis as a treatment option. Destasso currently works with fellow veterans at, as a veteran cannabis project founder, which advocates that veteran cannabis access education to policymakers and supports the veterans seeking treatment options beyond the opiates and other prescription and addictive drugs they obtain from the VA. It is time for Congress to approve the VA to research the effects of cannabis on familiar veterans health issues and allow doctors at the VA to recommend and assist veterans with the access to medical cannabis. The VA's denial of cannabis. Cannabis use is still branded as a harmful to veterans on the VA's website. Cannabis use for medical disorders is an issue of growing concern, the VA states. Cannabis also remains as a Schedule 1 on the Schedule 1 list under the Controlled Substance Act, the same as heroin. According to the VA website, measured studies have not been fully conducted to evaluate the safety and effectiveness of medical marijuana for PTSD, thus no proper evidence that marijuana is an effective treatment for PTSD has been collected. Conversely, the tide is, has turned nationally in terms of the attitude towards marijuana, especially for medical, medical purposes. Despite the unattainability of medical marijuana at the VA, veterans nationally are using cannabis to deal with their PTSD symptoms for anxiety, depression, and chronic pain. Recent scientific studies have shown that medical properties of cannabis. The VA's website downplays the approval of marijuana in the United States, stating that several states have accepted the use of medical marijuana and or recreational marijuana. In all actuality, it's far more than several. 33 states have enacted medical marijuana laws to allow eligible people to obtain or grow cannabis to treat various conditions. Additionally, 15 have decriminalized marijuana and 11 states have legalized recreational marijuana. A recent poll conducted by Politico and Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health shows that America feels that marijuana is le much less harmful than alcohol, tobacco, and e-cigarettes. In the survey, one in five Americans state that they believe marijuana is very harmful to people. Twice as many states and the same about, say the same about alcohol, 52% characterize e-cigarettes as very toxic and 80% indicated tobacco cigarettes are hazardous. And more than six in 10 U.S. adults said they favor changing federal law to legalize marijuana for recreational use. Another recent survey shows that strong majority of support among Americans for legalizing marijuana. Also, almost all Democratic presidential candidates approved to remove marijuana from the federal list of controlled substances. And veterans and the American public overwhelmingly support medical cannabis for veterans. In the 2017 American Legion survey, 92% of the veterans said that supporting research into the use of medical cannabis and 83% support legalizing medical cannabis. There's a new study on PTSD and cannabis. A new study concludes that cannabis may already be helping Canadians cope with depression and suicide and people suffering from PTSD. This study 
was conducted on more than 24,000 Canadians, which concluded that people experiencing PTSD and not medicating with cannabis are far more likely to suffer from severe depression and have suicidal thoughts than those that use cannabis over the past year. The study provided initial evidence that cannabis use may contribute to decreasing the connection between PTSD, severe depression, and suicidal states. This research states that there are limited treatment options for PTSD, so many patients have acted by medicating with cannabis to alleviate their symptoms. However, this is the first time that the outcomes from a nationwide survey have exposed the potential benefits of treating the disorder with cannabis. This research documented the first relationships between PTSD and cannabis use and severe mental health outcomes in a veteran population. The big question is, if a Canadian health survey looked at PTSD and cannabis with such a convincing conclusion, where is the VA on this issue, which affects as many as 30% of American veterans who served in the wars since September of 2001? Veteran Group Supports Medical Cannabis While the VA still stands on a statement that it is not allowed to do research, however, this is not actually true. They just have to coordinate with outside agencies to conduct it. Only one-third of the veterans mentioned cannabis to their doctors because of a stigma attached to the marijuana use. Veterans have a legitimate fear of reprisal at the VA if and in the workplace, where they have been programs that they can use it or lose their jobs for being testing positive for marijuana. We have found that there are different parts of the country where the use of cannabis is less stigmatized and an open conversation can be conducted with the VA physicians. However, in parts of the country where it is still illegal, providers are more skeptical and more judgmental. It shuts the veteran up and is then dangerous as the veteran do, veterans do not communicate openly with their provider. Why the VA is will not budge. The biggest hurdle for veterans seeking cannabis for from the VA is that it's still out on the Schedule 1 list as controlled substances by the federal level. This means that cannabis has no acceptable medical use and has a more significant potential of abuse and risk for arrest, as identified by the federal government. The VA considers any form of marijuana illegal. This means veterans cannot get help accessing medical marijuana from a VA doctor relying on their own means to obtain any. A recent congressional hearing exploring bills that would allow the extended access to medical marijuana for veterans. VA representatives confirmed their position opposing any policy as long as marijuana remains illegal at the federal level. Many agencies are committed to improving medical options for veterans and supports research into p potential treatment options that they prove are valuable. Special federal laws restrict the VA's research with Schedule One controlled substances, including marijuana. Before conducting a VA research using a Schedule One controlled substance would involve lengthy communications and coordinations with the Drug Enforcement Administration DEA and Food and Drug Administration FDA, National Institutes of Health, National Institutes of Drug Abuse, and Health and Human Services. Particular requirements include reviewing the investigational new drug application and approval and research protocols by the FD, uh, obtaining the medical drug through NIDA and the nationally approved medical marijuana production laboratory and an investigator registration and site licensure by the DEA. These restrictions that are obtained by in federal law are clear. Research is allowed, but must be done with a identified federal entity. If Congress wants more of federal research into Schedule One controlled substances, such as marijuana, it can eliminate these restrictions. Multiple sources explain that Congress and the President can reschedule marijuana to make it accessible to veterans and make it researchable by the VA. Former VA Secretary wants more research. The former VA Secretary says that VA should study cannabis. 
it is a little strange that marijuana is a schedule one substance while cocaine is a schedule two stated the former va secretary to say there is completely no medicinal value or application in cannabinoids is not true at all there are already there is already an fda approved drug on the market which is a cannabinoid to treat pediatric epilepsy the fda approved the epidiolex in june of 2018 the first drug derived in the u.s from a cannabis plant to reach local pharmacies he added that he when he ran the va he was told that the agency could not discuss cannabis with the veterans and could not do research but then he discovered later that that was not true we can talk to our veterans about it but we cannot prescribe the cannabis says the former va secretary it is possible to do research at the VA, but the barriers and bureaucracy are lengthy and painful. I can now more effectively articulate that Congress is the most likely player to streamline this research, and yes, it can be done. Medical Marijuana Research The Center for Medicinal Cannabis Research, CMCR, is the nation's oldest research center for the safety and efficacy of cannabis. CMCR recently announced research to explore the effectiveness and safety of medical cannabis as an alternative treatment to schizophrenia, insomnia, alcohol dependency, rheumatoid arthritis, and anxiety linked to anorexia. Research done by the CMCR is also shown that cannabis can be useful in relieving pain. But research has not been conducted for studying cannabis concerning PTSD. This center is directly linked to the VA's regional office located in San Diego. The legislation is not moving. Certain Congress members have tried to push for new regulation, new legislation to make medical marijuana available to veterans at the VA without success. Here are a few bills that have not made progress. Number one. The Veterans Equal Access Act allows the VA health providers to recommend medical marijuana to their veteran patients and provide the required paperwork to enroll in state medical marijuana programs. Number two, the VA Medicinal Cannabis Research Act of 2018 supports the scientific and medical research of medicinal cannabis for veterans diagnosed with TBI, PTSD, chronic pain, and other injuries by clarifying that research for medicinal cannabis is within the authority of the VA. Number three, the Veterans Medical Marijuana Safety Harbor Act is an act that would enable VA physicians to issue medical cannabis recommendations under the laws of the states where medical cannabis is legal. Number four, the Safety Harbor Act would require the VA to conduct studies on the effect, effects of medical marijuana on veterans in pain related, related to their treatment programs involving medical marijuana approved by states, veterans access to these programs, and a reduction to veteran opioid abuse. Okay for dogs, but not for veterans? It is ridiculous that Americans in most states now have access to medical marijuana, but American veterans do not. I have a non-veteran friend who receives medical marijuana for his dog's anxiety, but he is he's shocked to have discovered that dogs could get medical marijuana, but veterans cannot get the same treatment at the VA. Washington, D.C. is an echo chamber for circular logic. We are convinced that there is a nation national craving for this issue of medical cannabis for veterans still Politicians only see, seem to hear themselves and continue to assume that there is not. We must change this view and make it known. Cannabis may help veterans with PTSD. After 17 years in the military and deploying to almost every terrorist-filled location on Earth, former Green Beret Adam Smith discovered that while his combat battles had ended, his personal ones still lingered. I had a hard time with anxiety, sleeping, hypervigilance, and symptoms to, that revolved around PTSD. Smith remembered his difficult transition to civilian life starting in 2015. I found myself hopeless 
and in an awful place, said Smith, who also suffers from the effects of a, a several past brain injuries. The bottom of this black hole was me sitting on the couch with a pistol in my mouth. Thankfully, Smith did not go th through with it and said that it was the years since what's helped uh, sustain him is the lessons lessen joint pain better sleep and moderated his constant sensations of always feeling switched on has been self-medicating with cannabis smith is just a few of the veteran lawmakers that are trying to help with two u.s house bills that that approved at the uh, house committee of veteran affairs on march 12th hr 712 the va cannabis a medicinal Cannabis Research Act of 2019 directing the Veterans Administration to research marijuana's impact on physical conditioning related to active duty, and the H.R. 1647, the Veterans Equal Access Act of 2019, allows physicians to complete state legal medical marijuana proposal paperwork due to the VA doctors currently being prohibited from doing this forcing veterans to turn to private network physicians. Irritatingly, Smith states, when it comes to veterans and veteran rights, the game of politics should not exist. Smith has publicly talked about this uh, avoidance of the Veterans Administration treatment because of its chosen response to suffering veterans. The response includes treating veterans' symptoms with Anxiety meds, sleeping pills, and high blood pressure meds does not necessarily treat a total patient. Smith finally realized in 2015 that he tried marijuana for the first time aside a military buddy who said marijuana has sharply reduced his seizures and improved his sleep. This may not display hard evidence to support cannabis as a solution for PTSD. Many veterans swear by it. Post-traumatic stress is no joke. Post-traumatic stress is something that that's hitting our community like, like an epidemic. That social answer, answer to deal with this tra uh, trauma is to drink and drug our way through distractions and sedation. So we do not have to feel the pain anymore. That should not be the methodology. Many Americans agree a recent poll of 5,369 U.S. adults found support or CBD treatment, with 53% of those polled agreeing that medical dispensaries should be considered as an essential service. What seems here like a cultural shift may have as much to do with the current anxiety endangered, engendered by the coronavirus crisis, which is a, a spiked cannabis sales, as it does the different sort of pain veterans and first responders experience. Marijuana is the top treatment for veterans' pain, PTSD, but the cost is the barrier. According to a recent survey data, military veterans are using cannabis to treat chronic pain, post-traumatic stress disorders, anxiety, and depression, amongst other ailments. But the cost of medical marijuana is a barrier since it is not covered by insurance, even though veterans are using cannabis as an alternative to pharmaceuticals. Final results of a 2019 Veteran Health and Medical Cannabis Study, which looks at 201 veterans in Massachusetts and 565 respondents nationwide, were presented at the Cannabis Advancement Series. The study, which was performed March 3rd through December 31st, was conducted by Marion McNabb, Stephen White, Stephen Mandale, and Ann Brum. Over half of the 2001 Massachusetts veterans who completed the survey through outreach by the veterans groups, marijuana dispensaries, and social media sites were age 50 and older. Most 54, 54% of, of them served in the Army. A sample of the overwhelmingly male, 90%, and 84% were white, non-Hispanic. Chronic pain, anxiety, and PTSD were the top medical conditions faced by the veterans. Nearly one in three, 30% of the veteran participants were currently or homeless in the past. 91% of the participants reported using medical marijuana. Recreational marijuana was used by 59%. Results from the 2019 Veteran Health and 
Medical Cannabis Study, Top Health Conditions of Massachusetts Veterans Are Facing. As reported by the 2,201 Massachusetts survey participants in the 2019 Veteran Health and Cannabis Survey, 37% had chronic pain, 25% had PTSD, 10% had anxiety. The primary health conditions of the Massachusetts veterans finding cannabis most helpful for treating, 36% were for chronic pain, 24% for PTSD, 11% for anxiety, and 6% for depression. The top barriers for accessing cannabis reported by these Massachusetts veterans. 55% was money to purchase. 37% was money required to get a medical card. 33% was access to the rights of product. 33% was stigma. 26% was owning a firearm. 21% was workplace testing and other policies. Massachusetts veterans reporting cannabis allows them to 89% they stated experience a better quality of life, 79% experience much less psychological symptoms, 69% experience much less physical symptoms, 44% use less alcohol, 40% use prior medications much less now, 23% use tobacco much less, and 22% says use opioids much less. Many veterans responded to the survey reporting that cannabis provided a relief to their primary medical troubles and 77% said they were actively trying to reduce the use of the over-the-counter and prescription medications with cannabis, medical cannabis. The top symptoms being treated for medical cannabis was pain, 51%, sleep problems, 50%, depression and mood, 45%, anxiety and panic attacks, 41%, and aggression, 24%. It surprised me, but it is not so that surprising McNabb stated that the consumers of medical cannabis that are finding relief in medical cannabis the surveys finding that additional attention to previous uh, published research on medical marijuana by Stacy Gruber Gruber stated that almost all research in the impact of cannabis on the brain and cognitive functions comes from recreational users most of whom began their drugs as teenagers while their brains are are still developing. Studies conducted by Gruber have found that after three months of treatment, medical marijuana patients demonstrated an improvement in task performance accompanied by changing in brain activation patterns measured in imaging. Further, after treatment, brain activation patterns appeared more similar to those of healthy controls who weren't using marijuana than pre-treated with medical marijuana. Gruber said her research suggested that medical marijuana use may affect the brain differently compared to the brain impact among recreational marijuana users. Consistent with the veteran survey, Gruber's study also found that medical marijuana patients reported improvements in how they felt and notably decreased their use of prescription drugs, predominantly opioids and benzodiazepines, after three months of treatment. Mundell became an advocate of medical marijuana after being seriously injured in Iraq while deployed in 2005. His veteran affairs doctors put him on 57 medications, which included nine opioids. In 2013, he uh, attempted to commit suicide. In 2014, his wife's ultimate goal for Mundell was to wean himself off the prescription drugs by using marijuana, which he accomplished in only five months. He formed a nonprofit organization called Alternative Treatment for Veterans to advance awareness of medical marijuana and work with dispensaries to offer discounts to veterans who have been rated 100% disabled by the VA. The product, 11 marijuana dispensaries across the state have picked up the product's discounts, testified on pr- proposed legislation H4274 that would allow veterans to use their VA paperwork to qualify for medical marijuana cards instead of paying hundreds of dollars for the state-required card. The 2017 law legalizing the adult use of marijuana called the Cannabis Advisory Board to make recommendations of the Cannabis Control Commission on related costs associated with the purchase of medical marijuana by U.S. military veterans insured through the VA and to make recommendations to improving cost-effective access, but the study and recommendations were never made by 
the September 2018 deadline, Mundell said. As much as legislators can feel a connection to anecdotal stories, Mundell said they needed something more concrete, more data-driven. This data found Massachusetts veterans spending an average of $79 per week on cannabis. Nearly three-quarters, 72%, purchased cannabis from regulated dispensaries, while one out of five, 19%, grow grow their money. The money to purchase marijuana product and get the, the mar- medical marijuana card was the top two topics reported by the veteran surveys. The Disabled American Veterans, the DAV, has a cannabis cure. The DAV requests more research on, on medical cannabis as an alternative treatment for veterans with chronic pain, PTSD, and TBI. Like many veterans, military service rigors have taken a toll on Air Force veteran Jared Watson's body. He is not sure when the the injury occurred, perhaps during the 12 years of physical training or while loading or unloading cargo planes, but at some point, the ball joint in his hip tore his labrum and damaged the surrounding cartilage. The injury brought on Watson's chronic pain and eventually led him to a medical retirement in 2016. It also severely affected his sleep, which negatively influenced his motivation and mood. As a father, husband, student, and entrepreneur, something had to, had to be done to fight his pain and restore being able to achieve a good night's sleep to restore himself, his family, his career, and studies. For Watson, there was only one choice. As soon as I knew my military career was ending and dealing with this chronic pain as in my future, I considered medical cannabis as an option because I'm not going to take pain pills and potentially get addicted. Watson's reluctance toward pain pills stems from his personal experience. As a native of the of Northeast Ohio, the Afghanistan war veteran lost two close friends to opioid overdoses and was witness, witnessed how addiction can destroy individuals and their families. That area has been devastated with opiate and heroin use. This is tearing families apart in the country. It is killing people, Watson said. The National Center for Health Statistics released a report in 2017 stating that there was a national opioid crisis killing more than 42,000 Americans in 2016. Alarmingly, a 2013 analysis by the Center of Investigative Reporting found that opioid prescriptions for veterans spiked 270% over 12 years, while a 2011 Department of VA or Veteran Affairs study found that veterans were twice as likely to die as compared as the rest of the population from opiate overdose. The VA also estimates that 68,000 veterans, 13% of the total veteran population currently taking opioids, have an opioid use disorder. According to the VA officials, doctors continue to prescribe them as for chronic pain, a condition that 60% of the veterans sustain from deployments of to the Middle East and 50% of older veterans. 60% of what the VA treats falls into the category of chronic pain and the VA system is not designed to do much more than push pills and those pills are not working, said Nick Edron, founder of and executive director of the Veterans Cannabis Project. The story of the Air Force veteran Jared and Priscilla Watson helps display the effectiveness of, the, of medical cannabis. Jared uses medical cannabis to treat his chronic hip pain rather than using opioid pharmaceuticals, which he feels are dangerous. He's much happier, more productive, and more motivated in his everyday life, says Priscilla, noting the difference. Eaton, a former Navy SEAL, also noted that medical cannabis is an effective treatment for those wounds he sustained in the Middle East, PTSD and TBI. He named pain, sleep, and anxiety as the primary symptoms veterans deal with concerning their service-connected injuries. Cannabis is proving to be safe and effective in treating my injuries. He stated, that's where it can be transformative and potentially a game changer. Before cannabis, he was constantly complaining about how tense he was and how much pain he had, said Watson's wife, Priscilla. His pain would keep him up all night. He would be exhausted, tired, and need naps throughout the day. But now he sleeps all night and is not in pain anymore. As an Air Force veteran and nutritional therapist herself, Patricia, 
Priscillus feels cannabis is a more natural and safer alternative to attending to his pain than opioid pharmaceuticals, noting that the disparity between what she calls an obsolete argument that marijuana is dangerous. He is happier, more productive, and more motivated, she says, so it has changed his quality of life greatly. Medical cannabis benefits associated with its responsible use, including refraining from driving while under the influence and ensuring that proper dosage is administered. As someone with a nutritional background, I do not let Jared smoke it because it, I do not like having to deal with the damaging effects of smoking his lungs, she said. He uses cannabis in the forms of edibles, which I think is much safer and tends to produce a more positive effect. While the VA cannot deny any veterans benefits due to medical marijuana use, the VA provides or providers cannot recommend or prescribe any form of cannabis since the Food and Drug Administration still classified it as a Schedule One drug. Instead, veterans must pay out of pocket for an annual physician's evaluation and medical cannabis card in one of 30 states which have legalized medical marijuana. Participation in any state marijuana program does not affect the veteran's eligibility for the VA care or services. The VA provides providers can discuss cannabis use for veteran patients and adjust the care and treatment plans as needed. However, Eaton adds that the federal classification of cannabis leaves many veterans in limbo. While some can afford to pay out-of-pocket costs, many others cannot and must rely on the VA for health care. Until cannabis can be removed from the Schedule 1 list and elevated from the, a health policy issue where it can be treated as a medical treatment, we are stuck in the legal gray zone where we are lo currently located. However, the federal government maintains that more research into the efficacy of medical marijuana needs to be conducted before it can be declassified and made available to the service-connected disabled veterans from the VA. DAV Resolution 23 supports additional research in the use of medical cannabis, noting the DAV's called for more research rather than just legalization, requiring that they need to know more about both the potential benefits and risks associated with medical marijuana. As veterans, we do not want to prescribe a new form of treatment without researching showing it's safe and effective. The VA Medicinal Cannabis Research Act of 2018 promotes the scientific and medical research into the safety and efficacy of the medicinal cannabis usage on veterans diagnosed with PTSD, TBI, chronic pain, and other injuries by clarifying the research medicinal cannabis is well under the authority of the VA. We have heard that veterans who use cannabis medicinally to cope with the physical and mental injuries sustained from active service of their country, said Waltz. 22% report that cannabis is a safer, more effective alternative to opioids and drug cocktails currently prescribed by the VA for medical conditions such as PTSD and chronic pain. As a physician, I am acutely aware that the need to look at the opioid alternatives to treat patients' chronic pain, said Roy. I've heard that many veterans who suffer from physical and invisible wounds and believe medical cannabis could benefit them. The Veterans Medical Marijuana Safety Safe Harbor Act, S3409, would also empower VA physicians to issue medical cannabis recommendations under the state laws where it is legal. This legislation would also force the VA to conduct studies on the effects of medical marijuana on veterans of PTSD and pain and the relationship between the treatment programs involving medical marijuana that are approved by states and a reduction of opioid use amongst veterans. In 2014, a study by the Journal of American Medical Association discovered that medical marijuana laws had a 25% lower annual opioid overdose death rate than the states that did not have such laws. If veterans can ease some of their chronic pain, symptoms of injuries, and have received from serving their country without turning to opioids, the VA has a responsibility to research it, said Senator John Tester. Despite the criticisms 
of medical cannabis use. As it becomes gradually accepted, no other demo demographic stands to benefit it from it more than the use and legality as America's veterans. I was tentative at first to be open about it because of the stigma that it's still associated with cannabis, said Watson. However, ultimately, you finally realize how much it helps, and you feel guilty about not sharing the information with everyone else. Veteran organizations like the DAV are precisely what the medical cannabis users need to advocate for, making medical cannabis an available alternative for veterans everywhere. Welcome back. We will move on to our next portion of our program, which is called Useful Bits of Information, UBI and Veteran News. And this week, we are not going to do that, and we'll move on to our shout-outs. This section is reserved for recognizing new members of our podcast and partners and sponsors who support us in everything we do. We cannot continue this podcast without everyone's support, so thank you. And this week, we do not have any new members or sponsors, so please listen to the next part of our program, which talks about our podcast, Patreon, and sponsorship program. Do you want to be part of something bigger? Do you want to help veterans? 
Have you thought about helping the veteran doctor? As you may already know, the focus of the veteran doctor is to improve your knowledge on veteran-centric topics. The research and information dissemination process can be daunting with the maintenance of literature, books, websites, blogs, podcast episodes, and other administrative necessities. This ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to reach and support veterans, as well as their very diverse needs. We are so excited about the process of podcasting and the potential impact it can have on the veteran population. To keep going and improve this podcast, we would tremendously be grateful to anyone who can support us in our expansion and growth. We are looking to enhance this podcast quality and would find it more manageable with a bit of support. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars a month worth of entertainment, we would greatly appreciate you investing in The Veteran Doctor. We offer different rewards for different pledge obligations, so please see what may fit your budget. Once again, we appreciate your support, and from all the veterans out there who benefit from this podcast, I'm sure they appreciate your support too. Every program must establish a goal and milestones to determine what is going to be done with the funding. The first goal we're going to reach is a monthly pledge of $500 collectively. The milestones are, number one, help pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. Number three, offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technology to improve podcast sound and quality. There are different rewards for each monthly donation amounts. The donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one or more of the following items listed depending on the level of monthly donation. Some examples of the rewards may consist of, number one, a thank you on the show or website. Number two, a thank you email. Number three, early access to new episodes. Number four, show swag, t-shirts, bumper stickers, lapel pins, and a pen. Number five, a patron can read a short message on the show. Number six, call in as a special guest. And number seven, a patron can determine a show topic. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars worth of uh, entertainment, come on down and support The Veteran Doctor. As veterans, we have a lot of questions when it comes to transitioning out of the military. Or are you already out of the military and having trouble reintegrating? Are you having issues finding veteran resources? Or do you just want to learn more about veterans? Well, the Veterans Resource and Transition Guide may just be the solution for your issues. This book is available on Amazon.com and is in both ebook or paperback. It is a book written to help veterans with research, knowledge, and resources with their transition back into civilian life and beyond. Our society's current problem demonstrates that many veterans, as they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into society properly. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a sufficient plan to survive. The purpose of this guide is to provide a one-stop and quick reference source of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference to give veterans a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues, educate veterans on the process of transitioning out of the military, what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make life a little easier during and after that transitional experience. Additional information has been added for our survivors' benefits for surviving widows, and a military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. The guide's additional intent is to make it a living document by taking input from readers and providers on information and resources, providing an annual update to veterans on the ever-changing and developing process of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide resources of knowledge to veterans, helping guide them through their transitional journey. So grab yourself a copy today and get those resources you so deserve.
Do you want to learn more about me? Maybe you uh, want to learn more about my new book or future books. What about our new veteran blog? Do you want to learn more about the veteran doctor? Well, my website may be your solution. My author website is up and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. This site will provide you with the latest and greatest information on me, my latest literary works, future works, my veteran blog, and this podcast, Veteran Doctor. A unique feature available on the website is the Veteran Blog. The Veteran Blog provides veterans with the latest up-to-date information on veteran-specific topics that affect everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site is to keep veterans informed and help improve knowledge quicker and on-demand. Subscriptions are available in monthly, weekly, and unlimited access depending on the veterans' informational requirements. The feature of this site will include special features, video, classes, depending on the subscriber access level. Please check it out and try our seven-day free trial. So as this week's episode comes to a close, we hope you enjoyed the information you gained on The Veteran Doctor. Remember, we welcome feedback on this podcast to help improve our quality and content. Or if you have any new ideas, please send them to info at johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. I hope you come back and visit us on our next episode. So until next time, take care. Be safe and enjoy your week. Have a good one.